Welcome to the second hour of Blair and Barker, the first uh, Blair and Barker post-Barker holiday. Carried that hour. If you missed the... Yeah, you would, you'd get the uh, Blair and Barker jacket for sure that first hour. You did hour. nothing in that first hour. Well, Absolutely I just... Nothing. I teed you up, man. I just let you go. Rising to the defense of John Schneider, Kevin that's Barker. Not, that you, is not you true. Did, you were that roasting is, that his is, defense. That and is that's, not true. I'm not saying that, that badly. Like, I'm that not is, saying that, that is, is a bad thing. You stood up for John seriously, Schneider. Seriously, like... You, you, I'm, he's not walking in the box. I'm not. Do, do I not, sound he's not not turning double plays in the third inning? Do I sound like I'm criticizing you for it? I am not. I am not. He's not getting thrown out going first to third. It's truth. Ben Wagner is our Blue Jays play-by-play voice. I, on Sports and a 590 fan, he joins us from the ballpark. What do you want me to say? I mean, I, I, like I said, uh, I can't uh, I can't disagree. Wagner, how you doing, man? Hey, buddy. Uh, hey, hey, I heard the second hour of your show is called Happy Hour. Huh? Yeah. Well, I wish. Oh, yeah, I wish. Happy. I get yeah, it. I know. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice. yeah, I get Thank it. You. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, a little bird uh, tells me that uh, Vladdy was taking grounders at third base huh. today. Now, I've also seen, I mentioned, I've seen Marcus Stroman take grounders at third base uh, on several occasions. Some guys sometimes. He's pretty good, too. Guys, he is, actually. He's, <laughs> guys sometimes get bored and they're looking for something different. Was this just Vladdy kind of. Give me something to do, or was that was this a purposeful thing? Do you think? No, the, as I said to somebody, uh, one of the coaches on the field while I was watching this too, and I was uh, very near third base. I said, "This looks like uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. that's taking grounders, making throws with intent." And I kind of got the wink and the nod. Saw Vladdy walking off the field. I said, "Vlad, that looks like the same glove that you uh, debuted with." And he goes, "I've always kept it." I said, what do you think this situation is with you in third base? He goes, I've got to be ready. I said, do you think you'll start? And we asked John Schneider as well, and the manager's avail, and he reiterated what Vladdy said. Uh, not in the plan for him to start. Don't think that's going to be the plan in the short term either, that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will have his name in the starting lineup at third base. But if the Blue Jays start a game with Brandon Belt on the bench and can shift Vladdy over to third base to get Belton at bat, keep him in the lineup and play at first base. That is certainly on the table, and that is another reason why not only was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. one of about five guys taking grounders at third base today, the Blue Jays are making some backup plans. Uh, if if Matt Chapman is going to be on the shelf for longer than the 10-day 10 10 day injured list then. All right, so we should mention, uh, just to get people caught up, uh, Matt Chapman is on the IL with the uh, middle finger inflammation. He came out of yesterday's game uh, with it. Bo Bichette is uh, having day -day. yeah his day-to-day. -day, he had an MRI today on the quad. This is different than the knee uh, that kept him out. Uh, that was the reason he was on the aisle uh, for the last time. I presume, Ben, there's no update on that or we would have heard from the Jays. Correct. There is okay. no update. We were told that it, the MRI was actually happening early this afternoon. So okay. this is one. This was not something that happened after the game last night. We are led to believe, or this morning. So right. Bo was having it while we were in the clubhouse earlier today. All right. So backup plans you mentioned. What might those yeah. backup? Would those backup plans be Addison Barger or Relvis yeah. Martinez? No, it does not seem like that is going to be the case with the with the prospect. With the prospect pool right now, they look at Davis Schneider, somebody that was drafted originally as a third baseman, started his career there, and then he found himself, you know, kind of squeezed out with the prospects around him and then shifted and told 
bluntly, if you want at-bats and you want to try to continue your career, you're going to have to move around. That was why he shifted to second base. But he feels really, really comfortable playing at third base. Uh, you've got Davis Schneider, Santiago Espinal, Ernie Clement, Kevin Biggio, and Whit Merrifield, all five of those guys within the last two days have taken grounders at third base. Uh, David Schneider, Santiago Espinal, Whit Merrifield, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., those were four that were out there earlier today all taking grounders at third base. So it looks like solutions for third base, depending on how the lineup gets rolled out there, are here, are, are actively on the roster already. Uh, the people that you've talked to about Vladdy at the plate, are they excited that he can continue to do what he's been doing the last couple of days? No. Mm. They, and look, it's mistakes at the plate. <laughs> it's mistakes at the plate by Cleveland that yeah. threw him two change-ups. He had change-ups Absolutely. out of the ballpark. Yeah. The fastball that he got yesterday was inside, and it dribbled its way to the right side of the diamond. You know, you should execute. You should crush mistakes. And Cleveland did him a favor by throwing him two change-ups, the first on Friday night, and then, you know, the huge home run that he hit yesterday. That was a majestic shot. Those aren't Vladdy home runs. You know, Vladdy home runs are rising backspin line drive home runs. Yeah, it's well said. Uh, how do you think they handle Bo? Uh, the, the DH thing for me scares me. Like, the, that screams he doesn't really know what to do. He's sitting over there. What's my routine? Uh, the leg stuff. Like, I I know he's only done that once since he's been back. He's been back, but... I. It just doesn't seem like that's going to go well. And for me, when he does come back and they're 100% that he can go out and play short every single day, that's best-case scenario. What do you think about that? It's the best-case scenario for Bode. It's the best-case scenario defensively for the Blue Jays and certainly offensively. You know, Bo wants to be out there and play every nine days. I ask him about DH days, and he kind of winces, and he yeah. kind of, you know, he shoves it off. Mm-hmm. He wants to be on the diamond. He wants to be in the rhythm of every game and every play. That's the bottom line. And right now, we saw the slow play with the knee injury originally three weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. He gave it a 24, 48 hours. That was around the trade deadline. Paul DeYoung gets acquired. That was short-lived. And then Ernie Clement kind of gets squeezed off the roster, goes back to Buffalo and plays at shortstop every day. And I think Ernie ultimately became the insurance policy. Paul DeYoung wasn't going to hit a lick to keep himself on the roster, let alone in the lineup. So Santiago Espinal, while he could be a plug-and-play guy in an, in an emergency need and maybe once in a blue moon, he is not going to be the everyday shortstop when you've got Bo out of the lineup. And that's why the importance of Ernie Clement being out here, who is... Uh, much more athletic, much much better range right now than what Santiago Espinal has. And, you know, by trade, is also just a younger guy out there. So I don't think that, you know, the, the look for a replacement if Bo lands on the injured list is going to be much further than Ernie Clement. I just don't. Uh, anybody else coming up prospect pool-wise from AAA Buffalo outside Ernie. I think it's Ernie's job if Bo's not going to be in there. And I think the next 24 hours will be paramount. Yep. Can I ask you why they wouldn't bring up one of the prospects? Because other, listen, I understand. Just because one team does it doesn't mean everybody else has to do it. But a lot of teams are doing it. You know, Boston's brought up a guy today or is going to bring up a guy today, uh, an an elite defender. Um yeah, I mean, with all due respect to the the gentleman you mentioned, um, I, I don't know. I, I just I 
I understand that this organization, that everything's a process with this organization. It takes 15 people to turn the freaking calendar in the office. I get that. But uh, is, there, is there any reason that, that they wouldn't bring up one of these young guys? Because surely to God, these dudes can hit a fastball. They can hit a fastball, and I, <laughs> I get the sense just, again, you know, talking to people right. when we're at the ballpark that even when September rolls around, it is not going to be Addison Barger or Elvis Martinez. It's likely not even going to be Spencer Horowitz, which to I be don't quite get. honest with you. Which I don't um, understand either. I, you know, it, well, in the next 48 hours, I looked at that, and I thought, okay, Ernie Clement makes sense, one, the need position-wise, and then game two and game three against Washington, you face left-handed starting pitchers, right? So you've got uh, uh, Spencer Horowitz, you've got Nathan Lucas down there that are left-handed bad options yeah. that probably wouldn't get – any point, That's fair. To be That's honest fair. with you. So I, once you get into September, if there is a clear path or a blocked path to a postseason, maybe a sprinkle in the prospects. I just don't think that's where the Blue Jays want to go right now. I don't think they want guys to learn on the fly at the big league level right now. Ben, you think this is the last time we've seen Springer moving around the order? Yeah. I asked uh, somebody with very, very good knowledge about that today, yep. and I said, how about Witt dropping down in the order? Do you think you're going to move him around, and how does that affect Springer? And the quip right back to me was, we're done moving Springer. Springer is going to be the leadoff man for the Toronto Blue Jays the rest of the season. No matter how the rest of the year goes, George is going to be George. And remember, this is Springer season. Everybody loves to talk about the summer of George. Mm-hmm. Late August, September is Springer season. Yeah. And George is swinging it right now. He has certainly earned his way back into that top spot. And and that's the way that it's going to be. Witt might jump around a little bit, go two through six. So you're going to see Witt move around in the lineup a little bit. But they are not going to move Springer around any longer. Wow, and I kind of liked Springer in the middle of the order, <laughs> frankly. Um you know, Kevin and I have talked about this playing for the beginning, and I and I get leading off. You're going to get more at bats, but uh, and I don't know. Maybe George Springer prefers leading off, but man, I I like him in the middle of the order. I I like him in the middle of the order because the guys that should be in the middle of the order aren't producing, right? Uh, you know, so you're getting production from George, and without Bo, you've got to have a guy that's that's yep. going to be a threat. Going to be a threat at the beginning of the ball game. That's make true. it start one nothing, and also in the eighth and ninth inning. Because guess what happened? You know, you don't have Bo Bichette in the leadoff spot yesterday. Santiago Espinal gets that late inning at bat. That's fair point. Ben, ben what do you think we're going to see from Kevin and I? You think we're going to see more sliders or sort of abandon that and try and throw the fastball a little straighter? I know he had a little run on that. He didn't like that. He wasn't getting enough extension. Hitters could tell the difference between the, the, the split finger and the, and the fastball because it was running a little bit too much. But the, the Nats don't strike out a ton. And, you know, sooner or later, I think, against some of these teams, you're going to need the punch out. You think we're going to see, you know, a sprinkle of the slider, or is it just going to be here's my two pitches, I'm going to try and sprinkle around the four-seamer, keep it as straight as possible, and you're just going to do what it does? No, I think we're going to see the slider. You think I so? I really do. I really do. There's, there's what, three left-handed hitters, a couple of switch hitters in this lineup tonight for the Washington Nationals. I feel that the slider, because this is a really young lineup, and I know they played well, but they haven't faced a lot of Kevin Gosman's yeah. either. Mm-hmm. I think I think Kevin is going to display the slider more tonight against Washington than we've seen the last couple of starts. 
Okay. What, uh, what's the mood around the team today after that oh. series, after that loss? As you would expect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the best way that I can sum it up. I, I don't feel that the Blue Jays certainly have panic. There's disappointment. There's frustration. Um, there's, there's certainly, you know, a need of, of, man, we got two guys that we've been relying on. Matt Chapman, even though he really cratered off from April, mm-hmm. you, you expect Matt Chapman to be a guy out there, you know, and, and, and have a presence and leadership and in moxie and be there defensively. But this finger thing certainly for now two weeks has been an issue and clearly affected him way more than what we ever were led to believe. Uh, on that road trip, found out today, you know, he really battled through some days where he wasn't sure he could grip a bat tight enough, let alone make throws. And when it's the right middle finger there and the need to exchange it as quick as you have to do in the diving plays that Chapman has been accustomed to do, you got to have a trust on where you're throwing that baseball. And there were times that he just didn't have that. So, and you don't have Bo Bichette in there. And, you know, you got some guys that are scuffling right now that were kind of clicking along there in the middle of the season. Um, it's been a frustrating, it's been a frustrating return home for the Blue Jays. And today, from a fan perspective, the frustration, I, I, I'm on social media. I see it. Mm. Trust me. You can see it in the dugout, in those extra innings yesterday. You felt it in the clubhouse after the ball game last night, and you feel it again coming back to work today. I'm going to let Jeff ask you about the, the bullpen. I want to ask you about Dalton Varsho and offensively. It's sort of a little bit of a tryout for him. You know, he can become the everyday center fielder for next year, right? It's We all know the defense he plays, the jumps he gets, the timing, leaving his feet. He's a bulldog. He wants to catch every single ball. But I wonder offensively if he's done enough to show them that, you know, the strides he's taking forward, doing the stride separation and somewhat, I think, laying, try, at least trying to lay off the elevated fastball, leveling out his swing, having a little bit better rotation with his hips, those kind of things. think he's done enough to be the everyday center fielder for next year? I think his defense could certainly win him that job. Yeah. You know, and you're not going to ask Dalton Varsho to go out there and hit 270 either. Uh, you know that he has the potential to run into 20 home runs. You'd like to have uh, a higher on base, certainly, with Dalton Varsho. He's got the tools to do things when he's on base. He runs the bases pretty well. Offensively, he told me, going all the way back to his arrival in spring training, how much of a tinkerer he mm-hmm. is. He's always adjusting his hands. He's looking for a rhythm. Sometimes it's the upper half. Sometimes it's the lower half. But what he found now, and and I'm, I... I heard you say it's not a toe tap, right? And yeah. It's kind of – I agree stride with separate. that watching. Yeah, he's he's looking for a better stride, and that's to get the rhythm. Yep. But it's also he found it with the balance of his head. He feels like he's, he's much more calmer mm-hmm. watching the baseball travel in and his head movement. It's part of that rhythm that he's always seeking. So he has found it. He's found it with this stride separation. He's found a little bit more balance. And the rotation that you're talking about is something that passes the eye test with me. And he's hitting the ball with much more authority as well. It's all come together. It's coming together at a time where the Blue Jays need someone to have something click for him. And certainly Dalton Varsho found it on that last road trip. Yeah. And it's been a really, really nice adjustment for him. Who gets the ball in the ninth inning tonight in a save situation? I think it's going to be Jordan Hicks. Oh. A lot of pitches. <laughs> Just kidding. I get oh, nervous when Jordan Jordan Hicks is in the game. It's the sweeper. <laughs> it's the sweeper, man. That's what it is, right? It's yeah. why you throw it. It's 99 with feet of movement. 
throw yeah. that a lot until they show you they can hit it, and they just, for the most part, can't hit that. Can't hit it. No. Can't barrel it. No. Can't barrel it. No. Uh, you might make contact, but and that's another reason why if you know if he's out there, you want a really good all-hands kind of defense behind him. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the Blue Jays' versatility so important late in ballgames like that. Uh, for me, the amount of pitches, the workload that Jordan Romano had yesterday is why he's probably a guy in bright red on the card for P. Walker and John Schneider. Ben, we're going to let you scoot. Thanks for doing this, man. Thanks, buddy. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. See Take you care. Later. Happy Monday. Oh, happy Monday. You. Absolutely. That's Ben Wagner, radio voice of the Blue. It is a happy Monday. It Parker's is, absolutely. back. It's a new series. It's a new day. It's yeah. a new dawn. It's Seven, a new dawn. Until they lose. It's a new dawn. And then they got to win 11 in yeah, a row. They're, 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 <laughs> they're two and a half out. They're not three out. They're not four out. They're two that's, and a half that's out. That's well said. They're not going to win the division, but I mean, they're two and a half out. Seattle's going to have to go in one of those Texas runs where they're one and nine in, in, you know, in, in 10 games. to, And then the Jays got to go eight and two. They can do that. They can go eight and two. No, I think so. I got tickets to give away here. You'll notice I didn't answer that. Yeah, right. Uh, we've been giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 590-590. Our last trivia question and answer was this Cy Young winning pitcher had an incredible 18-year MLB career, most of it with the Baltimore Orioles, where he both started and finished. His only time in the majors not in the Orioles was time and season spent as a member of the Blue Jays. Who is it? The answer is Mike Flanagan. Loved Flanagan. Yeah. Saw the drive-by truckers with him at the Horseshoe Tavern and Dave Shine. True story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, today's question is to win tickets. To the drive-by truckers were solid, by the way. <laughs> Jason Isbell's tremendous. You don't like Jason Isbell? Uh, it's... Fafo? Yeah. Yeah, he just gave me that kind of a... Like that. He wasn't talking to you. Oh, okay. Today's question is to win tickets to Jays and Nationals down at the Rogers Center on August 29th. Do you two want to just, like, go in there and have your own conversation while I'm doing this? After the show. Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Nationals down at the Rogers Center on August 29th. It was, anyhow, who was the first Washington Nationals pitcher in a Nats uniform, not as a member of the Expos, to win 20 games in a season? Again, who was the first Nationals pitcher in a Nats uniform, not as a member of the Expos, to win 20 games in a season? I would have got this. You can text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. I would have got it. I don't think you would have got it. I would have. Just looking at the NL wild card standings. <laughs> Somehow the D-backs are back. Of course, everybody's in it's it. It's the National League. Yeah. Yeah, I would have gotten it. I, I would have gotten it. It's, it's, it could be only one of two dudes. Okay, I, I, I believe you. And it's not Steven Strasburg. Okay. Well, you and it's not Max Scherzer. And I'm not going to say who it was. Yes, Barker, you got something to say. Strasburg. Strasburg. What, what, what did is I his, say? What Strasburg? Is, no. Oh. What is his career to you? How how will you remember him? Not not the put yeah. the injury thing aside. Like, what do you think of his career as a pitcher? Um, I always preface this. I got to see him make his last start in the minors before he got called up because yeah. it was in Buffalo. Yeah. And I've interviewed him maybe three times. I, as a dude, I really, 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 really liked him. Mm-hmm. As a pitcher, 
he was kind of, Passon was great about this on Friday. He was kind of the first guy that, you had remember the Nationals shut him down one year because of uh, pitching limits, and he yep. was represented by Scott. Bork. Always something you're saying. There was always something, yeah, but yeah. man, I I got to see him pitch live a couple of times when he was good. Mm-hmm. He was really freaking good. And as I said, as a dude, say as a dude, I really he. You know when he, every now and then you a guy has a career and you go, you know what. I kind of wish the guy had been healthy all the time because yeah. he's one of the guys I, I, I look at it like I that. I don't know if this is fair or not, but as a former player, when I watch the game, I, I, I think about former players. I often – it's it's very cut and dry for me. Well, would I give him the ball in game seven of the World Series and be okay with that? The answer for me, fully healthy. Like 100%. He's healthy. Uh, he's been okay. pitching all season. You know, the problem Everything's is I'm going looking- right. I'm looking at the guys who've gotten the ball in game seven. Probably not. See, I don't think so. I, I would be you okay You think he with, was good enough? Yeah, yeah I think so. Okay. I think he threw hard enough. I think he had enough vinegar, which is what you have to do. Like, you got to – it's just got to sort of be like an every uh, – just like another start. Yeah, I he, think he was there. I used to fish with him a little bit when I was with the Nationals. Yeah, I remember you saying that. I he, did. I used to fish with him a little a good, bit. Like everybody's a good dude, but he's a good dude. He's a solid dude. He's a pitcher. He's odd. I mean, I'm sure he said the exact same thing about me. Yeah. Which is fine. But sure did. He's a very good fisher. I was out fishing with this guy named Barker. Yeah, he's talking about wanting to get it down and get it singing. <laughs> That's true. But I just, I, it's I, it's probably not fair for me to think of him that way. It is. It's. But that's the way I think of him. It is a, it is a really, really, or it was a really, really, really complicated career. Uh, there you go. There was a lot of stuff going on yeah. around him. Uh, as I said, I just. I, and it's a, I mean, I, I, I try not to do it, but sometimes when you're a sports writer, it's hard not to your first exposure to someone, it, you know, if a lot of what, a lot of what you think of a dude is based on your first exposure I, to him. And I, I, I thought he was, I was really cool. I really liked him. I think he threw 31 innings of the new contract. I wonder what he thinks of himself. That, yes, I, I understand he's made all kinds of money and he doesn't he's not wanting for anything. But there's part of that whenever you've made all of your money and all everything else is sort of gravy. And I'm sure he's getting, you know, most of that, if not, if not all of that money. Yeah. I don't well, know how that's you also working, know he's, but, a, he's a Boris dude, so they've taken but, care of their absolutely, money. Absolutely, but it's yeah. I wonder what he thinks of himself. Because he's basically he's done nothing with that deal. I think see, it's 31 innings he's but done. You see, the thing is, yeah. I get that, but I'm hoping that he's looking at that deal and going, you know, there are guys. There, How there, could he? There have been guys where it's where, it, where it, yeah, I, I kind of, I emerged the winner in the system. There are guys who don't get to win in the system. Guys get hurt before they make their big contract. You talked enough to baseball players. They don't think that way. Like they feel they're disappointed in themselves for not earning their money. I've done a lot of rich people in baseball, and it gets to the point where you made so much money, you want to feel like you're earning it. I think it's 31 innings. 31 innings of that deal. Yeah, I I'm mean, often, he's, he's basically not earned that. No, for, and, but I I'm will not say saying that, it's his fault, but I will say this, though, further to your point, too. I just wonder how many times he, he, sat, he sat by himself and said, like, just what next? Yeah. I'm sure. I'm you know, sure. like, because you got to, you know, pitchers, you got a lot of downtime. You're not pitching every, and he, yeah, he made a lot of money. Strong. 
but I'm I'm sure there are times where he just. I'm sure if he well, feels bad, he go buy himself a new car. But probably, which, which <laughs> it's always a, a good thing when you. Uh, oh, I'm bored. When you feel bad, uh, there car. you are. Go out and buy a new car. Jim Duquette is a former ML, former MLB Boy, general manager. Some things never change. Stop it. <laughs> former MLB general manager, currently analyst in MLB Network Radio. You guys are just picking on me. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fan of the Sportsnet Radio Network. Yeah, BS and Sportsnet. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel the love. I feel the love in here since you guys have returned. One of them. Oh, it's great. It's just... Uh, You're the only one who feels that. Mm. I thought that was love that I felt. Maybe it was Maybe it was something else. Uh, it's Blair and Barker what? reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> uh, 707 is the first pitch tonight. What has happened <laughs> 707 is the first pitch One tonight between the uh, Washington Nationals and the and, and the Blue Jays. Seriously. Kevin Gossman against Josiah Gray. Yeah, what can go wrong? That, that screams three to two. The, <laughs> for who? <laughs> I didn't the Jays lineup is as follows. George Springer, Brandon Belt, <laughs> Vladdy Guerrero, Davis Schneider, yeah. Whit Merrifield, Dalton Varsho, Danny Jansen, Ernie Clement, Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, if you missed it, Matt Chapman is on the IL with right middle finger inflammation. Mm. Bo Bichette is undergoing an MRI. He is day-to-day. Uh, oh, we didn't mention this uh, over the weekend. Eh, should have mentioned this. Eric Swanson went on the IL with a, uh, yeah, I wrote down the injury, thoracic spine inflammation. Uh, apparently, that doesn't sound good. Well, apparently he will be back on the mound. The expectations are that he'll be back on the mound within 10 days. He's thrown a lot. be able to pitch. He has. Uh, yeah. And, um, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, there is there is depth in this bullpen. Absolutely. but Which is good. You but could, he's, You could tell for a while there he's trying to force break on the split finger. I would think that can't be good on any part of your body to try yeah. and make it go where it wants you to want it to go. Well, yeah. Yeah. He's pitched. Uh, he's pitched a lot of innings. He has for this some team. big innings too. Yeah, High stress innings. Uh, a lot of stress in this, innings. Early in this, yeah. he was basically a lot the guy. of leverage. Yeah. Well, yeah. He he was until they got Genesis Cabrera and Jordan Hicks, and I mean, even when uh, Trevor Richards, just as he was establishing himself. Yeah. Uh, Eric Swanson quite often was he was the guy that John Schneider and Pete Walker had uh, he earned it had had faith in. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, he got a place in this team next year for you? I I don't see why not. Like I he's uh, is he an eighth or ninth inning guy for you next year? Not for me. No. I, I I think he is a hybrid sixth and seventh inning guy. Like a guy to come in the sixth inning with two outs with a runner on second to get you out of a a big spot. Am I, righty or lefty? Am I nuts for saying that the Jays should go after Jordan Hicks and sign him? Well, you are nuts, but yeah. I I'm just not sure what he is. Do you do you do you know what he is? 
fun to watch, man. Scares me. Uh, well, I love it. It's he, a wild when, ride. When it's 103, it's fun to watch. Yeah, it's a wild ride. It moves a lot. Anyhow. And then he wants to throw the sweeper for some reason. I, I don't understand that. Yeah, there's a lot that we don't understand. <laughs> uh, Jim Duquette is MLB Network Radio Analyst, former MLB GM. <laughs> he joins us, and he's going to help explain all sorts of things he to is. Kevin and myself. Because, Jim, we're confused because... My yep. fr- my friend Mr. Barker here <laughs> thought that the Jays yep. were good enough to win the division. Absolutely. Actually, I did too. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. Jim, they're two and a half I out. I know. Of the know. wild card. Of the wild card. Yeah. Um. When do you decide who to blame? Not you, but us. Great question. <laughs> oh man, that is a great question. I, I still feel like you know with, with the there's still pl- you know we're running out of time. But the when the season's over and you find out at the end you know, where, where they end up going. Um, then I think you can kind of sit there and blame, put, there'll be plenty of blame to go around. Like I, you know, I, I always feel, um, you know, with our right, two and a half back, was it two in the lost column? I think uh, yeah. two and a half back or maybe three. I think I, I always, always look at the lost column. I feel like, uh, um, you know, if it's two back, okay, then they can make up that half a game with a win. Right. So, um, but I don't, I don't get why it's been, well, I understand at least from afar, and watching them, I saw them recently in Baltimore. I feel like it's more about the offense than anything else. Uh, they're a bat, they're, I think they're two bats short rather than just one, uh, like some people thought. But um, yeah, I mean, right now they're still in the in the mix. The hard part for me is this: like I thought when when Bo was on the IL, if they could keep it together, which they did, they were like they were eight and seven, I think, right? Fifteen mm-hmm. games, eight and seven, I believe. Then he comes back. Am I like, all right? Now now they're going to go on a run. And they were about 500, and now he's injured the quad, and now I'm like, I don't know what the heck you're going to get moving forward. Like it's just, it's been head scratching to me how inconsistent, well, how consistently inconsistent they've been. Right, the most games they've won in a row is six, I think. They've lost five in a row, but you know, so, some of these good teams have won eight, nine, ten in a row. They limit their losses. You know, they're they're just been like a 500 team for way too long. Even this month, I think they're 500. You know, mm-hmm. so. So usually that's what your your record tells you what you are, which is just bleh, average, nothing, you know, and that's that's the frustrating part because they're way better than this. Jim, what do you do in the off season when, when your pitching and your offense have as big a separation as it does for the Blue Jays? I just don't. There's some there's some window there for to make some change. You can go out and spend some yep. money. You could throw some money at Otani and maybe try and get him to come here. You could rehab the arm and still trying yep. to hit 40 homers. Like, you could do those kind of things. Is it that easy, though? Like, if you're sitting around and you're thinking, is it, a, is it possible for us to have back-to-back seasons pitching-wise that we're mm-hmm. going to try and do and still, you know, go out and make some changes offensively? I just I – th- I would think if you're in the front office, that's very hard. Like, you really don't know which way to go. But, you know, it's a great question because, you know, I, I, this is how I would I, – I used to do it, um, and – my cousin, who was a GM for longer than me, um, he taught me this, and my 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 mentors along the way with the Mets. That we kind of looked at it in a couple of different ways, right? We, granularly, we looked at each pitcher and we looked at it and said, did they have a career year or not, right? And if they had a career year, we couldn't expect a career year again next year, 
we had to expect some kind of drop off, some some kind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing on the position player side. Like you, you know, Vladdy a couple of years ago MVP. Uh, the mistake would be to think he's going to give you MVP like uh, you know the next year too. Like it doesn't usually happen that way. The rare players do that, but most of the time it's not. That's not the case. So you have to fill in around them with guys within that you're going to, that are hopefully going to have, you know, take steps up and then you got to go out a lot of times outside the organization. So, you know, they're going to lose Chapman. Uh, they are, you know, they haven't really ever replaced Simeon mm-hmm. and they traded to Oscar. You know, they went defensively. They made a trade for Varsho. Hasn't quite worked out yet. I think eventually he will, hopefully it will, but yeah. it hasn't, you know, it hasn't been quite that yet. And so, yeah, that, I mean they have they have some work to do on the offensive side, and just to be on the safe side, you need a pitcher or two uh, to you know pick up the slack because somebody in that rotation and somebody or maybe two in the bullpen aren't going to pitch the way they did this year. Uh, so that's the hard part. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting thought. I I wonder, I, you know, when I watch Vladdy because we watch him probably closer than anybody does, and and try and break yep. him down, and you know, wondering why every coach I talk to and they're trying to line up mechanics you know is is when his feet go his hands are going to go like and then they start worrying about conditioning does he look the same like you know does he weigh the same like you know how it is Uh, but i i I wonder if you're in the front office with the blue jays he had he has had issues catching up to velocity jim he's young like he he's he's really young 25 is he I yeah, think he's twenty four still, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like that's not old. Like you know, he's getting in his sweet spot. He should be able to, you know, he should be pulling ninety five on occasion, like hitting that thing to yep. the moon, foul down the third baseline. Jimmy doesn't do that. If you're the front right. office in the off season, you worried about that? It concerns me a little bit, uh, but I will say, I will say this that. Um, you know, if you look at a lot of, a lot of the, you know, I like to, I'd like to use the baseball savant page, right? And a lot of his data on there, just, just from an evaluation side of things, never mind analytically, he scores highly on. I, I really feel like it's a matter of his contact point, you know, and I, re- I don't remember you as much as a hitter, Kevin. I think I went and saw you as an amateur, man. I loved you as an amateur player. Yeah. If I'm, if you're the, if it's the same guy, but, but did, did you go to Virginia Tech? <laughs> I did. Absolutely. Yeah, so I went and saw you I when I was a young, yeah. young scout. I drove specifically to go see you. Right? Awesome. That nice, nice, uh, smooth stroke. Yeah. Vladdy has the the ability. I think if he gets the ball out front just a little bit more, mm-hmm. I think you'll start to see, you know, more power. But for whatever reason, maybe it is he can't catch up to velocity quite yet. But I also think this: I'm watching. I'm watching guys train to hit velocity you know, m- way more um, and, and, than we used to see, right? When hot, on, the, on the machines, on, on some of these machines that they're doing, there's, it's in teams are, and I'm assuming Toronto's doing the same stuff. They're taking those uh, pitching machines on the road all the time. But that's the area that, for me, um, like I'll, I'll, I'll go down to a superstar in the sport, Francisco Lindor. He had problems hitting velocity. And then all of a sudden, he shortened up his stroke and was more direct and, all of a sudden started hitting it. So I feel like with maybe, maybe a, a slight adjustment, he is a good enough hitter to make that adjustment down the road. Ben, we'll have to wait and see. I'd hate to see them make a change and trade him, yep. and then he figures it out. Jim, is it hard to walk up to a, a, 
a finalist for an MVP not too long ago who is very young and say, hey, can you shorten up the parts? Like it's it's the hands are moving too much, the feet are moving too much. Is that a tough sale? Uh, well, I, I think here's the thing on that. Like there are enough um, hitters that, I mean, this is a down year for him. And like you said, he's 24 years old. A lot of the prime years are still ahead of him, right? 26 to 30, 31, still prime years, right? Yep, for yep. the most part, you'd yep. like to see him figure, he figured it out sooner than others. So the league caught up to him. And for me, it's about him making, making the adjustment. And is he committed to doing that? Uh, somewhere along the line, it's probably been taught to him and he's been maybe it's stubbornness that he doesn't want to do it because he thinks he, he's got it figured out, but he's, he's better than what we've seen. And, and it's hard to say that because what what's his OPS now? It's over 800. It is mm-hmm. close to nine. Mm-hmm. So, so there are very rare guys like that, 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 that are, you know, that good that you can say, you know what, he still has something left in the tank. So. Yeah, some of it's going to be, you know, come come down to him making that adjustment, and it's something that maybe in the wintertime with the people he trusts, you know, making that, that that you know, again, whatever, I haven't broken down a swing, so I'd have to do that to give you a little bit more specifics sure. on it, but I do think that the good hitters, and I put him in that category, they usually figure it out. Yeah. Uh I think we we can pretty much assume that the Baltimore Orioles and Tampa Bay are going to go down to the wire fighting for the uh, the AL East title. Uh, how look? We've celebrated Baltimore's bullpen depth for two years now, and we know that yeah. you know they've done a nice job there. If Felix Batista is done for the year, as it kind of seems at this point, now they're bringing up yeah. DL Hall. Tyler Wells is going to come up as well at some point. Yeah. Jim, do they have enough bullpen strength to go on a run and, you know, it, if no one can tell whether you're going to win the World Series, but get to the World Series? Well, I think the, the short answer is is yes, but there's a major but, right? So it, it was going to be a lot easier with Batista obviously in there, and they had enough depth. I thought they should have traded for a reliever too. They didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, they went and got Flaherty. Flaherty's just been so-so. Uh, last three starts of the year, it's been over eight. So, you know, getting him, though, allows you to put Wells in the in the bullpen. Wells has been a really good bullpen piece for them. He he was a closer for them during their, during their struggling year. So I think they have pieces there. You know, Brian Baker's another guy. He had a fantastic right. year last year as a, as a reliever. Not so much this year. They sent him to AAA to kind of reset. So if those guys pitch the way they're capable, I'd say, yes, they, they have enough to make a run. Um, but it's a wait and see, you know, one of those type of things. And, and you guys have seen this in the postseason too. Like, you know, there's, there's a starter that they can convert into the pen uh, and be creative in that sense. You know, that's what they'll have to do. And do the young hitters, does the moment – get too big for them. They don't seem to be, they don't seem to care at all about any pressure at the moment. That tends to, that tends to change when you, when you get to the postseason. there's a little bit more attention that's placed on it. So I think they have a lot of question marks just because of their youth, but man, it's a fun team. Jim, I don't know about you, but going into the off season and into spring training, the Yankees are the worst team in the American league East and they're way down on the totem pole in the American league in my mind. Like they got a lot of work to do. Yep. Easy fix, hard fix. They're a hard fix, I think. 
You know, I mean, they, they, the one thing that they have that most don't is they can write a check and sure. cover their mistakes, right? And they've done that with some other guys now. Um, but, man, oh, man, that, that trade uh, that they made for Donaldson and Isaiah Conner for Leffa, that kind of got the ball rolling in the, bad, in the worst direction. They went all in on that, didn't work out. They've stuck to it. They've been slow to, slow to recover. Uh, they've been slow to respond to, I think, some of the changes um, you know, the athleticism, they don't have a ton of athleticism on their team. And, and they were very right-handed for the longest time. They went a whole year with almost right-handed hitters. Like, I mean, if we, if we can see it, why can't they, you know? So yeah, they, I feel like they've been a little bit slow to the, to the trigger, uh, on a couple of different occasions. And because of that, that's why they're there. You know, that's why they're in last place. Last question before I let you run. You've been in the GM's chair. How do you handle Shohei Otani mm. if you're Perry Manassian, or mm. do you? Is it just kind of whatever Shohei wants? So, Perry, there's so much pressure on Perry if he's still there as a GM at the end of the year because that mm-hmm. owner changes yep. with the wind. But let's assume he's still there. Um, he, they're gonna, I think they will be the highest bidder. And it's going to be a decision for Otani to whether he wants to go back there or not. I don't think because of his injury, I think there'll be more teams involved, but they're not going to be they're willing to pay $500 million. I think the owner there will to keep him. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the he's got so much. The owner has a lot of pressure on him, too, to keep him. So, so Otani's going to have to decide if he stays or not. And I think he will come back and pitch at some point. And, and I think they're, they're a, they know better than most, you know, what it um, – you know, what he means to, like, if you watch any, I was watching some of his at-bats, they played the Mets, you know, it was in New York, but we were going back doing some video on him from games in Anaheim. Every, every sign behind him in the outfield is all like Japanese yeah. businesses. Like they're making $40 million a year on advertising just on one player. Never mind the bobbleheads and the gnomes and the t-shirt nights and every night, every night's Otani night there for, for when he's pitching. So, I think, you know, to me, I'm fascinated where he's going to sign if he decides he really wants to win because Anaheim's not the place if he wants to win. Do you let him Do you let him hit the rest of the year if you're the Angels? Like, do you, do you let him just go ahead and kind of, you know, treat him as an everyday position player right now? I, I think if, if I'm, I would leave it to Otani if it gave me a better chance of signing. Yeah, him. that's so, a good point. Hey, Joe, hey, it, will you sign here? Okay, then you can hit all you want. I <laughs> Like for me, yeah. he he needs to have the surgery though sooner rather than later. I think it's a mistake to not have it because it's it'll cut into his hitting too next year. You know, the the later he goes, then the the later it is for him to return. So, I I personally, if I was their GM, I would push him for the surgery now. Mm. Jim, really good of you to join us today, my friend. Thanks so much. Absolutely, thanks, Jim. All right, guys. Anytime. All right, talk to you soon. Bye. Take care, Jim Ducat, former MLB GM. MLB Network radio right. analyst does a trip. His his show, the stuff he does in MLB Network radio yeah. is terrific. It's uh, yeah. I listen. You know, as puzzled as we are, I exchanged emails and texts with like a couple of different writers and that uh, around MLB guys I've known for years, the national guys. They're surprised at the Blue Jays. Like they did not. They did not see. They did not see this coming. Yeah, I think it's the Orioles' fault. I think that has a lot to do uh, with it. 
It, it, I'm with you. It really does, right? It, but that put a lot of pressure on the Jays organization to go, oh, n- really? Now we don't ha- only have to deal with the other teams, the Red Sox and the Rays and the Yankees. Now we got to deal with that team in Baltimore who's better than all of them. Well, here, and you're here, trying to figure it out, so it's not the easiest thing to do. No, here, here's the thing. Look, and it, different people handle pressure in different ways. That's yeah. a big word, too, pressure. Yeah, but if you look at the Orioles lineup, the Jays are going to have to go some to have a better lineup next year than the Orioles. I don't see how they do it, to be honest. The Red Sox lineup, we just under, I admit I've under undersold, underrated the Reds. The Red Sox lineup is good. Um, I think they can get better next year. The Yankees are a mess. They're a They're going to buy fire. pitching for next year. The Red Sox are. They're going to the be Red, way better. Yeah and, yeah, and, you know, the Rays, the Rays are the Rays. <laughs> I mean, the Jays could mess around and be fighting for fourth place in the American League East next year. They could do that easy, easy, oh, easy with absolutely. the Yankees. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's why I asked Jim about what are you doing in the offseason? Like, you don't, you can't expect that your pitching is going to come back and be this good again. Like, how do you, how do you balance it? Well, what do you do? When do you do it? How much do you do it? You're going to have a window. You're going to have some opportunity. Let me just jump in here, though. Okay. And do things. But let me jump in here because I don't know if you, can't expect the pitching to be as good. I, I again, you, you know what? going to be this good? You know Manoa's, what? I, well, let me finish. Be? Let me finish. Barrios, Barrios is Barrios. Barrios, what you see this year is probably what you're going to get next year. Kikuchi, yeah, I'm on board. I think I don't see any reason he can't be better next Gossman's year. Gossman's thrown a lot. Gossman worries me because, as our friend Caleb Joseph pointed out, there's a lot of, he's not 26 years old. Mm. He's throwing a lot of innings. There's a lot of work on into that. Chris Bassett, Alec Manoa is the guy. What do you do with Alec Manoa? We still don't know what happened the last three weeks with Alec Manoa. We don't know the real story. Mm-hmm. I don't think we do. I'll just say it. I don't think we, I, I don't know if there's anything nefarious. I don't know if, but I don't think we know the the, the real story with Alec Manoa. Yeah. Um, I think bullpen will be fine next year. And, you know, this organization's been able to put together the bullpen, but I'm just looking at a lineup with no Chapman, no Kiermaier, no Belt. You know, we got to have a discussion about Whit Merrifield. Do you still feel like bringing him back at 19? Yeah, I think think it opens the window if you don't make the playoffs to sort of turn it into what you want to turn it into. And that doesn't include a 34-year-old second baseman. No. Or a 35-year-old. And I think if you don't make the playoffs this year, I wrote a column about this today for sportsnet.ca. If you don't make the playoffs this year, you got to start looking at Vladdy and Bo's window of opportunity. I think you look at it a little differently. I really do. And I think you have to Maybe. ask yourself, you know, are we going to be a better team next year by bringing in somebody who is better offensively than Matt Chapman, but not as good defensively? Are we, I, I, yeah, I think it, for it's me, not, I'll tell you this: it's not a, it, Kevin. It's, it's a it's a crap free agent market. Off, offensively, it is. You can't teach experience. Like you need experience somewhere in the middle of your order. Yeah. A, 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 just a guy. A dude. Where's that dude at? I mean, unless you drop 370 on Otani just to hit. Yeah, but I, you know, the Otani thing doing is. Doing Like, Passon talked about Otani on Friday, and, I, and it was just, yeah, the only, uh, somebody mentioned to him the Jays might be in Otani because the Jays do, you know, the Jays are spending money. And money. the Jays are generating a ton of money with their new stadium. And they do. 
you know, we may roll our eyes, but they've spent a lot of money on their player development stuff and their medical stuff and all that. Rolling my eyes about that. That's a big deal. They've that PDC is a serious. It's legit. It's legit. Yeah, but it's about winning World Series. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I, I what Jim said about Vladdy is point of contact. I've been saying that for You've a long been saying time. That. For for a long time, it's been. I, we poke fun at the ground ball, how hard he hits him, but he does hit him hard. And you would just think he catch. I, I talk about this all the time about moving around in the box to change point of contact. He seems to not be married. They don't want to do that. It's he'd rather get so far off the plate because he's trying to get his arms you know extended. What? Maybe that has something to do with point gets, of contact. I'll tell and you what, man, it gets getting back. to that point of contact. How do you do it? Is it a, is it a change in mechanics? Be interesting to see if he could do it simplify it, and come back what it would look like. I'll tell you what. I think it gets back to the old man. I think he thinks he's the old man, and I he can, he I can stand. So. I've talked to enough people around. I, I don't think that's what he it can is. stand. He can stand a million miles back of the plate, and he can reach everything, and he I can think hit everything. I think he feels like this year he has to stand that far off the plate. That's what it is. It well, ain't because he wants to. That's not a good Because he has to. Well, again, it could be numerous things. Like there's, he has a lot of moving parts, and if that's not connected, and going the way it's supposed to go, you're late. You're out and around. You hit ground balls. Seven oh seven will be the first pitch tonight on Sportsnet and Sportsnet five ninety. The fan Kevin Gossman on the mound for the Blue Jays. Ben Wagner will have the call of the game. We'll have Blue Jays talk following the game. You better bring it. You got like. Three hours. We'll have Blue Jays talk following the game, and we will be back here from 5 to 7 Eastern tomorrow on Sportsnet 590 to fan, the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet. You missed me. I did. (laughs) Have a great night.